Mayor Fisher has given his last state of the city address. We'll talk about his last year in office, plus some more big healthcare news next on the Access Louisville podcast. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Michael L. Jones. How are you doing? Jason Thomas. What it is. And Laurel Deppin. Hi there. Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week we bring you the latest news and plenty of sharp opinions on what's going on here in Louisville, Kentucky. We're going to start with Mayor Fisher's last State of the City address. So, Michael, you were at the Rotary meeting yesterday. The Rotary Club of Louisville met and Mayor Fisher gave this address. Uh, What was the atmosphere out there? Uh, It was fun. It was kind of like real (laughs) rah-rah. That's Rotary. uh, Yeah. (laughs) But it's like, uh, I think everybody is kind of ready to turn the page. Yeah. You know, because he can only do so much in the last year. Yeah. And so they were kind of giving him his roses now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, for better or for worse, here we are at the last year. <laughs> so, I mean, there's nothing you can. I mean, it's been 11 years. So he's yeah. been there for a long time. <laughs> yeah. And the world was so different 11 years ago. Oh, <laughs> like, my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, I was just thinking about how 11 years ago, you know, political climate was much more moderate. Now it's so divisive, like every Republican thinks every Democrat's the devil from hell and vice versa. Um, And it's just, you know, but 11 years ago, you know, he comes to office, he's a Democrat, but, you know, gets plenty of support from Republicans uh, because he has this business background and, uh, You know, that's, you know, that has definitely changed uh, over time. Um, So I guess what stood out for me, for you from the speech that he gave? Yeah. Well, you know, the funny thing is like um, he talked about some of the equity programs he wants to do. And he um, uh, mentioned doing a universal basic income palette and on the same day that the state legislator uh, or legislature passed a, a bill that uh, made it uh, harder for people to get unemployment, <laughs> you know, he's talking. To, I was like, <laughs> nothing shows the difference between Louisville and the rest of the state. His timing, his timing has been off a little bit. As yeah, <laughs> the, the Republicans yeah. want to, you know, get make sure people are going back to work and. Um, mm. Fisher wants to give him a, a basic income. <laughs> right. Uh, but a lot of his, I mean, he he was a, a businessman. He was a developer. And I think that um, the just the Breonna Taylor stuff and COVID just kind of took over his agenda. Mm-hmm. So he wanted, you know, he talked about $21 billion in the built environment and all mm-hmm. that. Yeah, he talked and about I his think he was focused on economic development 
and, you know, bourbonism mm -hmm. and all that. And then all these, you know, 2020 <laughs> happened and it kind of dictated what he could do. And so I think a lot of people kind of blame him. It was like he could never please everybody. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I think before 2020, he was a relatively, well, I would say a popular mayor. I mean, he had primary challenges or not primary challenges, uh, general election challenges from Republicans. He probably had primary challenges, too. Um, but uh, he, see, he was seemingly popular until uh, 2020. And, you know, but I also feel like a lot of what happened in 2020 with Breonna Taylor, like that had been bubbling up like oh. with the police department and Steve Conrad and yeah. the lack of support for Steve Conrad and the Explorer program, like that had been going on. Like even during yeah. his good years, like there was something going on with the police department. And then um, 2020 is when it kind of everything hit the fan as they say. So um, yeah, it's kind of like the perfect storm, right. With uh, COVID, which obviously was out of his control, but then you have the social unrest, as you mentioned, David, I think your spot on there is kind of, simmered for a while and obviously we saw what happened with that and uh yeah like michael made a great point he just he can't please everybody i don't think he really kind of got over that toward the end here and it's unfortunate you know obviously with covid happening it's you know it's hard to overcome something like that but you know i saw some comments on social media yesterday you know saying you know he does deserve you know some props like what michael mentioned with the economic development and bourbonism and i think there's definitely some some strong strong things he, he did in his tenure it's just a yeah. crazy ending is for sure he, he you know, got some stuff I, done so i live in the south end and i'm i'm overjoyed at colonial gardens <laughs> oh right and right. that was something that he spearheaded um you know selling it to the underhills for a dollar and i mean uh, even yeah. downtown when you think of downtown in 2010 compared to downtown in 2019 um you know, that came a long way during that period. And then the soccer stadium got built and like a lot happened there. Uh, but then 2020, you know, that was obviously a different setback for downtown, um, a double setback with COVID and the social unrest. But um, but anyway, I, Jason, what do you think his legacy is going to be? Do you think it's going to be? I mean, everybody looks at things negatively, right? So do you <laughs> think it's going to be that, uh, that yeah. stuff he accomplished or is it going to be? Um, the handling of the Brianna Taylor. And I, I think short term, it's it's this cloud that's going to kind of hang over for quite some time. And I think it's going to be a negative thing for a while. But I think in the long term, people will see, you know, that economic development, that growth, the downtown, as you mentioned, you, you know, I, I think oh, in the in the end, I think he's probably going to have a pretty decent, you know, legacy, I think. Yeah. It's going to take a he while has, for people to <laughs> He has four hundred million dollars in ARP money. That's what. <laughs> that's yeah, that was going to bring that. That's going to start rolling out in the next couple months. So we're going <laughs> to see a lot of projects coming up. And mm -hmm. in his speech, he talked about how Louisville is in a good position to compete for more federal grants for infrastructure. And so I think if people are seeing you know all these things going on over the next year that um 
you know, they they might think better of him. It might his mm-hmm. image might improve uh, a little bit, and and I think that's what he was hoping to. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. I totally forgot about. That. I think about all that money that's just sitting there. Just, yeah, I mean, is that going to end up being his legacy? Is that how be, this yeah. money is? Now, I mean, a lot of decisions are going to be the next mayor, but right. you know, there's some know. things like infrastructure that the money is uh, formula uh, funded, so you know, it's going to go out quick. Is there any kind of limit on um, like when that money has to be spent? Do they have to have it spent by, you know, the end of this year or next year or anything like that? Um, I'm not sure. Like if they have to, I think it's over five years that Mm -hmm. it has to be spent. But um, I know that like they were having to do a lot of hiring, hiring and stuff too, because they have to do reporting and, and things like that. So, you know, maybe that's a future story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, and there, it probably varies depending on which piece of money you're talking about. Cause I know yeah. some was for infrastructure, some was for business and, you know, you probably have to have plans on the infrastructure, like an actual plan from, you know, a a needs assessment or something. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, that, you know, that's a question I guess we'll answer 10 years from now. What well, was mm-hmm. mayor Fisher's legacy, but uh, I get uh, the impression that he kind of really didn't relate well with the regular folks too, you know? So I wonder how that will translate to, to his legacy. It seems like he was more kind of on, on the pedestal and <clears throat> wasn't that relatable um, to the common folk, if you will. So I'm, I'm yeah. curious how that will play out. I get that too. Um, he definitely like, had the in with the business community. Um, mm. And I think that the business community really embraced him, but I can't say whether, uh, you know, uh, your everyday Joe's embraced, embraced him or not. So. Right. Uh, yeah, Joe's six pack, uh, as they say. With the social <laughs> unrest and all the boarded up uh, businesses downtown that uh, kind of upset the business community, I, I think that they true, want him true. to be more forceful and he was caught between you know his uh inclination towards business and his talk about being a compassionate city Mm -hmm. yeah i guess when i say that the business community embraced him i mean before 2020 yeah i think after 2020 everything's before 2020 (laughs) yeah the business community said get the hell out after 2020 so uh, oh and another big thing that happened this week is that uh, six Democrats came out and support in support of Craig Greenberg hmm. uh, for mayor. Yeah, and I, I think that happened Monday or Tuesday. Do you have and, the six uh, off the top of your head? Uh, well, I know Nicole George and um, David James were among them. Yeah. Um, I don't want to guess. You wanna, yeah, you don't want to try and get them all. But. <laughs> I, I, I knew. I actually got an invitation to uh, um, a fundraiser for him at uh, Nicole George's house. <laughs> She's go. all in on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Craig Greenberg, uh, obviously, I think we had reported that he's the financial leader. So not surprised to hear he's, he's got the campaign fundraising going, <laughs> you know. Is he uh, is he Fisher version two, though? That's what a lot of people say. That, that's, yeah, that's the that's the tag that a lot of people want to put on him. I don't know if it's if it's yeah. true or not. I mean, I've met Craig Greenberg, um, but I, I haven't really done a detailed analysis of uh, the two you know, his policies compared to Fisher's policies. So hmm. but he, he does have the business background. He's got a lot of the business people packing him. So 
and he helped write the Weston Tiff. Yeah. And so he would be administering something that he actually helped uh, to write. Right. Huh. And, you know, that TIFF has been unpopular. Um, well, it's I'm sure it's popular to some, but uh, it's been, you know, been met, met with mixed uh, emotions. So, uh, you know, I'm sure that doesn't help them in all corners of the city. But yeah. Um, all right. Well, we'll move on. We'll talk about a little healthcare news here. We can go on and on about po- if, if it's politics, food, or basketball. We seem to just go on. <laughs> uh, but we'll talk healthcare here. Laurel, thankfully, is here to guide us out of that uh, conversation. Uh, so you had an interview this week with Rob J. He's a new CEO in town, and he's and he's running a significant uh, company that that you know people should be watching here. So, uh, and that's Cyan Health. Um, so tell us what the interview was like. What, what's, what's Rob Jay like? Well, he is a very nice man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, um, he was, um, originally in Nashville working for LifePoint Health, which if listeners aren't familiar, I feel like I repeat the same phrases about LifePoint Kindred and Scion over and over again, but I'm going to do it right now. Do it if, again. <laughs> if listeners aren't familiar, LifePoint is a Tennessee based healthcare company that, um, acquired Kindred and, uh, also was part of this launch of Scion Health, this new healthcare company that's headquartered here in Louisville. So he was um, in Nashville previously. So he had that, you know, little Nashville twang a little bit further south than Louisville. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a good conversation. He seemed really excited about what Louisville had to offer and what Scion Health was going to do. Yeah. Do you get the feeling that he's on board with this idea of Louisville as the epicenter of aging care? Is that kind of coming across as a part of what he's trying to do there? Definitely. I think that's kind of um, why they made the decision to launch Scion Health in Louisville, because they could Mm -hmm. have as easily done it in Nashville, because that's another city that's um, well known for its healthcare scene. But um, both he and the CEO of LifePoint said repeatedly that the infrastructure is here, the talent is here. So Scion Health is going to be here. Yeah. I think if you were to look at the sectors of Louisville's economy, I think everybody automatically thinks logistics because UPS is here, but but Mm -hmm. I hope that healthcare is up there in that conversation. Uh, Jason, do you get the sense that uh, people recognize that as recognize Louisville as a healthcare place yet, or is that kind of still on a, I, I, I don't think I don't think Louisville was kind of the, the 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 first city that pops in people's heads is probably more of Nashville, but you know things like the Scion deal um, and the growth that could happen there. I, I I think it's it's definitely building its reputation. And like Laurel said, you know Rob J seems you know 100% invested in that, and so David Dill, you know the LifePoint Health CEO, uh, um, pretty much echoed the same thing. So you know I think there's definitely some momentum. Got a while to catch up to Nashville, but it's yeah definitely getting there. And even with this deal, I mean, that's still Nashville getting its <laughs> yeah. hooks and I know they still get us, you know, get us there, you know, it had to be from Nashville. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And briefly, I'm going to go off script here, Laurel, but uh, you Ooh. also had an interview with uh, Ben Breyer, uh, right. And what's he doing? He's writing, uh, he's got, he's got something new, right? 
<laughs> he does have something new going on. Um, he wrote a book um, and you would think, you know, that's a pretty quick turnaround. The He just left Kendrick a month ago and now there's a book, but now he wrote it before the before the deal closed. Um, yeah, but he has this he has this book that he calls Intentional Disruption. Um, and he and I sat down and kind of talked about the concepts in that book, um, leadership lessons and what people can take from that. But you know, other than promoting the book, he says he's, you know, busier than ever running the kids places, doing things around the house um, mm-hmm. and, you know, book stuff. <laughs> yeah. I imagine that's uh, that's got to be uh, going from running a company to running the kids to places and, and doing errands around town. It's got to be uh, got to be something different. So I'm mm-hmm. sure he's got something cooking there. He's just not ready to tell us about it yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I I get so frustrated with this phrase disruption because I feel like it's just become one of those uh, overused kind of uh, buzzwords. Uh, but uh, you can't describe what Ben Breyer is going for without talking about it. So uh, so he seems to be all in on you know that that idea of disruption and uh, and getting getting people uh, or taking a new view of things. So. All right. Well, um, let's switch gears again here. We'll go back to Michael. I just want to talk briefly about the airport. You visited there this week for an event. Were you impressed with what they had at the airport? Yeah. Well, you know, one thing I learned is we have the fifth busiest cargo airport in the world. Yeah. Like yep. not in the country, in the world. Yes. I heard yeah. five, five GPS planes go over my house while we're sitting here talking. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, they're doing a lot of work. They're in the middle of like a $500 million renovation. Uh, they're uh, changing the security checkpoints. They're adding uh, these geothermal wells for sustainability that's going to save them like $400,000 a year on their energy bills. And so they're really thinking ahead. And uh, then um, of course, everybody wants to know where they're going to fly to. (laughs) So they're, (laughs) they're focused on the Northwest. They um, uh, really um, Seattle and San Francisco were two places that they said that they really like to add flights. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It seems like th- those would be good. Uh, some West Coast flights. I mean, we got the LA flight last year. So if we could get, if we could get Seattle, San Francisco, like, man, you, you can't argue with that. That would be a lot of progress. Uh, and, we, and also, I, I failed to mention the Boston flight that we got. Uh, yeah. And they talked about maybe one day potentially having some international flights. Oh, I'd love that. that. They're like actually reserving space. Like they have a plan for when that happens. I think they'll just, I think most Kentuckians count Florida as international. So uh, <laughs> it's probably what they're referring to. Oh, but, uh, edit that out, David. Come on. <laughs> oh, man. I just want to uh, say I, these upgrades are so overdue. You know, the, you compare Louisville's airport to Indianapolis, it's just night and day. Indianapolis airport is just amazing and it's relatively new. And think about how important an airport is for economic development. You know, these site selectors, whoever might come visit the airports, one of the first things they're going to see, you know, if they're flying into town. So it's important, you know, to put on put on a good show there. So I, I, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm glad they're investing all of this money. Hopefully it'll pay off in the long run. 
I don't know like that this airport can ever be a big airport. Yeah. Like I think it's the too bones landlocked. Of it are just, the design yeah. is too small. Like there yeah. was talk a few years ago, and I think Jason, you might have been at business first at the time, or maybe it was before you, but uh talk of a Louisville Lexington combined airport somewhere in um um probably Shelby County or Oldham, but just way out there, big new airport, you know, the way, you know, Denver built a big airport. Yeah. That's, you know, it's not in Denver. It's, it's out, you know, um, from Cincinnati area. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Same way with Cincinnati. I mean, they built a a big airport in Covington. So like, how do you feel about that though? I, I I feel like an airport is kind of part of a city's identity. I, I keep going back to Indianapolis. I mean, it's right there, right on the west edge of downtown. And I, you know, you just feel more part of, of the city. If you're having to go, you know, 30, 40 miles out, out of your way to, to an airport where, away from the city hub, it just seems I think they both operate at the same time and they just yeah. serve different publics. Because if you go like Dallas, Fort Worth, if you compare that to Love Field or, or you compare LaGuardia to JFK, I mean, like, you get those big some like big some cities have more than one airport and you know there's the smaller one that's closer to yeah. the center of town and then there's the big huge one that does all the heavy lifting. You think we could support that? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even have an NBA or NFL team. Come on, we can't even we get gotta start off. <laughs> yeah, the people um, in the South End are still smarting from the last airport experience. I know, I know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I covered that just a little bit. I, mean, I was on the back edge of covering that because that's been going on for a long time. But, um, but gosh, you when was that, Michael? When was the last time they had the airport expansion? They bought the land in the South End for it. Oh, it, it, I've lived in the South End for 13 years and I know it's, it was earlier than that. It was before that. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, so I would say it's about 20 years ago, you know, yeah. just, um, the hot, I remember moving here and, um, you know, everybody talking about how they destroyed Highland Park and, and it was just a big conversation, but in the South End, it, Every slight seems like it was yesterday. <laughs> that wife, could be the title of a book, a, Michael. <laughs> uh, a, a local area bar this weekend in the South End. And one of our neighbors, when I mentioned that I lived here 13 um, years, they said, Oh, you just seem like you you just walked out of the Highlands. <laughs> so I, I didn't take that. Yeah. Oh, the poor South End. <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think, I don't know. Can Louisville support it? Maybe not, but can Louisville and Lexington support it? I mean, we're talking about a joint airport, you know. Um, if Louisville and Lexington could collaborate a little more, uh, get kind of work together on economic development between the two cities. I don't know. I mean, I'm not an economic developer, but I've, we've seen these big, massive airports pop up outside of the main part of the city in many cities. So it it could be here. You know, I mean, Minneapolis, you know, I've, I've actually never been to Minneapolis, the city, but I've been to the airport and I know that it's very far away from the city because you can see the city way off in the distance. But, uh, but I think a lot of, uh, um metropolitans do that so uh but and and i think this airport you know obviously i'm thinking they would be run by the same people uh so i wouldn't want to take anything away from this airport i think it can definitely serve a purpose um so 
Hmm. Anyway, I don't Interesting know. Thought. Yeah. It's something that it's something that uh, we kicked around in a cover story many years ago uh, at Business First, and uh, you know there hadn't been any traction on it. Obviously, we've had uh, other things pop up, and then with COVID, the you know that that was a different time for the airport altogether. Although it does, Michael, from your story, sound like the airports, you know, back back in business. I mean, the business travel isn't there, but uh, the leisure travels is yep. there. So. All right. Well, uh, let's wrap things up for this week. Um, before we go, we'll share our social media handles. Let folks know where you can find you, where they can find you on social. Laurel, I'll start with you on this. One. Where can people find you online? I'm on LinkedIn. My name is Laurel Deppin, um, and I'm on Twitter at BFLuLaurel. All right. Uh, Jason, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and uh, Instagram at Scoop Thomas, and I'm active on LinkedIn under my name, Jason Thomas. All right. And Michael, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at BF Lou Michael, and I'm on Facebook under my name, and on Instagram as Blueshound2000. All right. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter under the name DMAN3001. And you can find me on LinkedIn as well under my real name, David A. Mann. Uh, if you like this podcast, you could consider listening. <laughs> you could consider subscribing or following it on popular podcast services, including Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio Public. Thank you very much, Laurel, Jason, and Michael. Thank you guys for listening to us at home, and we'll see you next time. Bye. See you.